You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of the Locked On Utes Podcast, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to break down the Bruins. We're going to talk about UCLA, how they look on offense, how they look on defense, and what you need to know about this team as Utah takes on UCLA this Saturday. This is the Locked On Utes Podcast for October 29th, 2021. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast, we're going to talk about knowing our foe, breaking down the Bruins, what you need to know about USC. And I think anytime you start with a Chip Kelly team, the best place to start is on the offensive side of the football. So what is UCLA? They are a run-first team that still runs a ton of plays. And because college football is still a regional sport, despite what the AP poll would have you believe, the best way to evaluate teams is based on conference statistics. Number one in the Pac-12 conference and number of plays run by a lofty margin is UCLA with 570. To compare the next team behind them, Washington State has 528, Arizona at 507, USC at 501. You'll find Utah eighth in the conference at 465. And again, we talk about number of plays run being important because... That's how you judge tempo in the modern era. The more plays that you're on the field, the more tired your defense is going to be. UCLA averages about 72 plays a game. By contrast, Utah's at about 66. Before that, uh, before the Cameron Rising takeover, I should say, they were even lower. It's very important that you get to that 70 to 75 uh, plays a game if you're an offense because you want to wear out the defense. That's how it works. Other things of note with UCLA, they are fifth in the conference in total yards per game. Not that important of a statistic in my my opinion, but what is interesting is that they are eighth in the conference in yards per play at 5.8. Utah, however, is fifth, 6.17. And that matters because the more yards per play, the better your offense. It's as simple a statistic as you can find in college football, but it's also one of the most effective. If we want to look at things from an advanced statistics uh, perspective, FEI rankings, courtesy of Football Outsiders, represent the per-possession scoring advantage each team would be expected to have on a neutral field against an average opponent. Where do you find UCLA on this? 29th. Where do you find the University of Utah? 30th. So if anybody's telling you that this is a clear contest in favor of one team or the other, they may be a little bit confused. This is going to be as even an offensive matchup as you'll find in the conference currently. Despite the fact that the teams do run a a very different style of offense, I think UCLA wants to do a lot more misdirection in the run game. They want you to be guessing where the ball is going. They play with a little bit more tempo than Utah does. Uh, 
as we talked about the the comparison in FEI ratings, the distance is clearly offense versus defense. Uh, UCLA's offense ranks 18th in the FEI rating. Utah's is a not too shabby 34th. Uh, the actual the distance between the two is not nearly as as far uh, as it might seem just in the rankings. When you get down to some of those advanced statistics like FEI, uh, it's percentage points, right? So it's not even that much uh, in in terms of that kind of stuff. Defensively, Utah is a much better team uh, than UCLA. They're ranked 28th uh, in defensive FEI. UCLA is ranked 54th. And so I think that's really where the matchup is going to be is, is Utah's defense going to be effective stopping a, a better UCLA offense and will Utah's offense take advantage of some of the things that UCLA doesn't do well on offense uh, or excuse me on defense. If you look at the rushing offense, that's the biggest part of UCLA's game. They run 44 times a game. They average 206 yards a game. The average yard per carry is not great really for UCLA. They're sixth in the conference at 4.6 yards per carry. Utah is a much better rushing offense at 5.3. And as always, Oregon State leads the way at 5.85. A bit of a note, uh, just as we're kind of veering in that direction. If you look at the Football Outsiders ranking of the best offensive lines, uh, average line yards, meaning how many yards the offensive line will get you, uh, that's my favorite statistic, obviously, because if a line can get you uh, you know, two or three yards by just existing, that's a good thing. Number one through week eight, yeah, that's right. It's the Oregon State Beavers. So if we're wondering what really happened to the University of Utah, Last Saturday, they played the best offensive line in the country uh, per advanced statistics. Will that be the case at the end of the year? Hard to say, uh, but I don't know that there's much of an argument against it. Um, in, in my opinion, Utah, a not-too-shabby uh, spot. They're, they're right between Michigan State and Wisconsin, two programs that you want to be uh, be near, I guess. They're ranked 39th overall uh, in the NCAA Division one, UCLA is ranked 12th. So this is another good UCLA offensive line that Utah will be facing. And and again, we, we've talked about it. It's going to be Utah's defense uh, versus this UCLA offense. I think that's where uh, it's really going to be won. Some other statistics of relevancy here. Uh, we've talked about how good UCLA's rushing offense is. Their third down conversion rate, uh, not too shabby at 45%. Utah's offense is at about 40%. That is a massive uptick ever since Cameron Rising is taking over. They were not converting at all on third down, and so I think that could be higher if you were to factor out those first three-ish games, two-and-a-half-ish games uh, under the era that we do not discuss here. That never happened because it was always uh, Team Thick Boy on the Locked on Utes podcast. If you look at their opponent third down conversions, though, this is where I think there could be some real separation. The Utah defense is holding opponents to a 39% conversion rate. It's fourth in the conference. Number one is Colorado. Number two is Washington. USC is number three. UCLA, 45%. So it's a significant gap there, uh, almost six percentage points. Oregon State is at 48. So I think we've seen... This Utah offense has improved a lot, and they'll have a lot of opportunity to showcase themselves as a viable option to to get Utah back on track and and compete against this UCLA team. 
more statistics as we're looking through things. UCLA's turnover margin is in excellent shape. They are plus 0.63, meaning they turn the ball over about one time a game more than they give the ball away. However, we did see them give the ball away twice uh, against Oregon, and that led to a loss, in my opinion, because Oregon only turned the ball over one time. Utah, however, still in the minus there. I think that some of that might be uh, influenced by that Washington State game. I'm, I don't have the actual numbers for you to factor that one out. If somebody could build me a spreadsheet where I could do that, that would be really cool. Um, I don't know how to do that. If we look at yards allowed per game in total defense, it's Utah allowing 366 versus UCLA allowing 385.6. Yards per play allowed, Utah is fourth, allowing about five yards per play. UCLA is averaging about 5.6. So there is some discrepancy there. I think that if you're interpreting all these statistics that I've thrown out and, and you think to yourself, man, those things are close, it does feel like... The UCLA UCLA offense might have a slight edge over Utah's defense, uh, but I also think that there's a bigger edge in Utah's offense over this UCLA defense. And so really what it comes down to is this, which defense is going to emerge and play better? And I would bet that it's going to be Utah's defense on a Saturday night, late night, night game, dark mode, whatever you want to call it. I think that this is a defense that comes out fired up. Yes, they will be missing Devin Lloyd in the first half, but there is a lot of reason to be optimistic that a Utah team that has struggled so much early on is still statistically relevant and close to UCLA and a team that has bounced up and down throughout the season. So if you're feeling a little nervous, I think there's valid reason for that. UCLA is a really, really good football team. We'll go through the roster a little bit in our next segment, talk about who they are, uh, who you need to look for as you're watching the game. But I also think that this Utah football team has all the tools available to them to make sure that this game is a win. Um, that's going to be the real interesting question in my mind. Does Utah put it together? Do they put the bad performance or the uh, uh, suboptimal? Let's call it suboptimal performance because I think anytime you still stay in the game and fight back from all the adversity that they fought through in that game, it's not a bad game necessarily, but just – a comedy of errors, just a lot of unfortunate stuff happening, things that you don't normally see. So does Utah fight back from that, and do they come out and look crisp and execute highly? We'll wait and see. But one thing you definitely don't have to wait and see about is our title sponsor today. This episode of Locked on Utes is brought to you by McDonald's, which is proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. One of my favorite memories growing up was trying to get the million-dollar Monopoly piece, only to find out 20 years later that it was all a a, a, a charade that, that somebody had... had I, I, I can't remember the name of the HBO documentary that talked about how somebody uh, uh, created the fake pieces or whatever it was, but it was it's insane. Um, that doesn't mean that I, I liked my McDonald's any less. In fact, I think it probably got me hooked on it even more going there, uh, trying to get me some Uncle Bunny Bucks and a double Big Mac on the way home from school sometimes. So 
head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Uh, maybe this Saturday before the game, we have a little Locked on Utes meetup there. Who knows? It's McDonald's. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Back here for another segment here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you for making Locked on Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wanted to go over the UCLA football team and let you know who it is that you need to keep an eye on. And unless you've been under a rock all year long, I think this list starts and ends with Zach Charbonnet. He now has five 100-yard rushing games this season, tied for the most by a Pac-12 player in 2021. He's second in the Pac-12 in rushing 91.5 yards per game. He has 19 rushes for at least 10 yards, uh, over 10 yards. Uh, He's a transfer from Michigan. He scored 11 touchdowns as a true freshman at Michigan in 2019 and posted 200-yard games. Then he also scored three rushing touchdowns in a 2019 contest against Army back then. Uh, He has been just absolutely lights out for the Bruins. He is a tough, big, fast, hard-running guy, hard to bring down. This is going to be an interesting aspect, an interesting angle of this Utah football game. How they handle Charbonnet and his ability to break tackles. Utah traditionally is a very good team when it comes to uh, tackling other players as crazy as that might sound i think some people might doubt that but they really do tackle well for the most part charbonnet is second in the conference in yards per game behind bj baylor who uh, i still think will probably finish out this season thinking that he's the best back uh charbonnet has seven touchdowns seven rushing touchdowns on the season another name to watch for the bruins and this one Ooh, always a tough one to read this one. Kyle Phillips, junior wide receiver, leads the team with 32 receptions, has six TDs in 2021. He had his fourth career 100-yard game at Stanford in 2021. He leads the Pac-12 with six TD receptions this year, has two 10-plus catching games, two uh, double-digit catch games in his career, and averages 18.6 yards on the 21 career punt returns that he's had. Uh, It's really hard Phillips is one of those guys that just does a little bit of everything for them. He's kind of the bailout guy for for DTR. He's a really athletic slot guy. He's not super big, uh, but he does a lot with the football. And and he's one of those you just he kind of makes those catches and you just hate him. You just want to hate him because he always makes the catch and and always bails him out of a situation. And it's really really frustrating to watch as a as a fan. Another name to look for on the offensive side of the football, obviously Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Last I heard, he was going to play in this game. We'll wait and see. You never really know, Um, uh, even though UCLA is not nearly as stringent about injuries as Utah is. If they do end up going with the backup, Ethan Garbers, that's – that's still a really good athlete at the quarterback position. He's cool, calm, under control. I did throw the interception late in the game against Oregon, which kind of cost them the game. Ah, it didn't kind of. It really cost them the game. But, you know, DTR, if he does go, is a very impressive athlete. I think that's the biggest thing. 32 career starts, leads the Pac-12 in points responsible for uh, in 2021, as a, and that's 120 points total. That also puts him 17th in the NCAA uh, his 14 TD passes this season are also tied for second in the Pac-12. He's a really uh, electric athlete. I think that's the bottom line with him. He is six TDs rushing this year. He uh, 
12 attempts per game, averages about 45 yards a game. Some of that is affected by the fact that he gets sacked. Uh, but he's an electric athlete, and, and Utah's going to have their hands full trying to keep him in the pocket and keep him back there and throwing. I think the biggest thing that you can do is get after him in the rush game and, and really be confusing in terms of how you pressure and when you bring coverage, You know, meaning when you're dropping seven or eight and forcing him to be a thrower. It'll be interesting to see if Utah does anything schematically different in the first half with Devin Lloyd being out. Or if they do something very different in the second half by bringing Lloyd in since they'll already have the game plan in place. I think those are two things that I would really watch for when you're defending DTR. I think the last guy on offense, there's two guys on offense that I'll talk about. Uh, Number 85, Greg Dulcich, is one that you absolutely need to um, keep an eye on things. He has 17 yards per catch. It's sixth best in the Pac-12. Recorded his fourth career game with... uh, 100 receiving yards versus Arizona State on a career-best nine receptions. He had 117 yards on three catches versus LSU to mark the eighth straight season in which a Bruin TD tight end has gone over the century mark. Um, In 2020, he averaged 19.8 yards per catch. That was 13th in the NCAA. Um, He is just an elite athlete uh, in terms of playing the tight end position. And he doesn't get as many catches as he probably should. He should be a featured part of this offense, but he was a wide receiver who committed to tight end. He does a decent job in the blocking game, but he really is an explosive athlete in the pass game. And I think if they had a really efficient passing game, his numbers would probably be a lot higher. I've said it before when we talked to Sammy Moore earlier in the week that if you came to the University of Utah, he'd likely still be the best tight end in the room, though... Utah's got some really good tight ends. And I think overall tight end production, Utah is going to be better in this regard. Another player to watch, left tackle, Sean Ryan. I'm a big fan of Sean Ryan. and watched him even when he was in high school. Really love his tape. He does some elite stuff. He's a very talented guy. Um, capable of being beat. You know, it, it's interesting. He came out of high school, and I thought for sure he'd be a phenomenal tackle. And as I watch him now, he may end up playing guard in the NFL. He, he just... You know, that'll be another fascinating matchup to watch him against Mika Tafua because I think Tafua's done a really, really good job. Well, I mean, Mika's going to be more on the right side probably than the left. But guys with explosive um, get-off can really get to him. You know, and and he's very powerful in the run game, but he is susceptible in pass protection. I also think that this UCLA offensive line, as good as they are in the run game, there are some holes in pass protection, as we've seen DTR take plenty of hits. If we're looking at the defensive side of the football, a couple names to walk. watch. Detona Jackson ranks 10th in the Pac-12 in sacks. He averages about uh, a little under one a game. Leads the Bruin with three and a half overall sacks this season. Uh, Mitchell Agude uh, has been credited with four forced fumbles in the first eight games of 2021 and is third in the NCAA with a half fumble average per game so you'll have to watch out for him uh Quantrez Knight leads UCLA in tackles with 43 he is tied for first on the team in tackles and fourth in sacks with 1.5 Bo Calvert who is the off uh outside linebacker not the offensive linebacker uh tied for the top spot on the squad in tackles for loss with five and a half yes that is uh uh Josh and Ethan's brother so that's kind of a fun little development Two other players to note, Quentin Lake, a senior defensive back, has 27 career starts, leads the team in pass breakups. Uh, We already mentioned Quantrez Knight. 
Uh, also, Caleb Johnson, 16 tackles in the last three games, had a season-best seven tackles at Arizona. So some guys to watch on the uh, UCLA side of the ball. I, I don't think that this defense is, is that good, especially in the secondary. I think this is a team that Utah could really take advantage of if they execute and if Cam Rising stays on his game plan. It was really interesting to hear Chip Kelly talk about Rising in practice the other day. He said, yeah, he's a dynamic player. He's come in. He didn't start the year, but but they've kind of settled on him as a starter. I think he's obviously similar to most college quarterbacks now. He can beat you with his arm and his legs. Seems like he's a really accurate passer. He's got a really good grasp of what Andy Ludwig's asking him to do in that offense. And they seem like once they inserted him into the lineup, they've taken off offensively. So, really good football player. That may not sound like effusive praise, but coming from a guy like Chip Kelly, that's pretty strong stuff. Uh, So, it should be interesting to watch. Those are some names to look for uh, with this team. And if I were you... I would probably go to betonline.ag right now and see what kind of prop bets are available for this game. Utah is a six and a half point favorite currently, according to Bet Online. They're back and better than ever this year. New web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Like I was saying, go check those out. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy, just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein, so all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious, so many flavors. Go get the Paranormal Pumpkin Puff. That's uh, pumpkin spice flavored Bill Bar, if that's your thing. Another great thing about Bill Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. Offer, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping things up for the week. Thank you for joining us all week long here on the Locked on Youths podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. It's been another tremendous week, month. The podcast just keeps growing, and I can't say thank you enough to everyone for tuning in. There are days where I genuinely wonder why you want to come here and listen to my voice. Uh, I have to listen to it all day, though, so maybe that's me just being a little bit biased and getting annoyed by it. We do try to bring you the best content possible if you ever have. Uh, things you might want to hear us talk about or wherever at Locked on Utes on Twitter or email the show Locked on Utes at gmail.com. As we close out the show, wanted to give everybody the rundown for things that are happening this week. Number 19 Utah Volleyball hits the road. They're traveling to number 17 Oregon and Oregon State this weekend. They will take on the Ducks in Eugene on Friday night. That's a 7 p.m. start for the Utes. Uh, Oregon ranks 17th, 15-5 and five on the year, 6-4 and four in the Pac-12. Should be a fascinating game that'll be or match that'll be in Matthew Knight Arena. 
streaming on Pac-12 Networks. You can also check out the live stats on Stat Broadcast. On March 21st, Utah will travel to Corvallis in Gill Coliseum to take on the Beavers. Beavers are 3-17 and on the year, 1-9 and in the Pac-12. That game will start at 12 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, streaming on the Oregon State live stream on the website. So good opportunity for the Utes to get a good game in against Oregon and maybe sneak two out of there and try and move up a little bit in the Pac-12 standings. Also, the Pac-12 announced their 2022 Utah Gymnastics schedule. It goes as follows. Friday night, December 17th, will be the Red Rocks preview. January 7th will be the best of Utah at the East Center with BYU, Southern Utah, and Utah State. Then Friday, January 14th at home for Oklahoma. January 21st, home for Arizona State. Saturday, January 29th, home for Stanford. Friday, February 4th at UCLA. February the 12th at California. Friday, back home for Oregon State. Monday the 21st at Washington, February the 25th at Arizona, Friday, March 4th, home for Minnesota, then March 11th at LSU, and then they'll wrap things up on March the 19th with the Pac-12 championships. That will be, again, at the E-Center out there in West Valley. I know how much people love and support the Red Rocks, so I don't even have to really pitch it there. Just thought I'd give everybody the heads up as to what the schedule looks like. I am sure that that Friday, January 14th match against Oklahoma will be a packed house and things will be crazy because that's how people roll for the Red Rocks. Women's soccer heads to Arizona for two matches. On Thursday, they uh, faced off against Arizona. Dropping a heartbreaker on the road, 1-0. to zero. Um, This team has been very competitive all year long, just trying their best to, to stay in the game. Gave up the one goal with about 15 minutes into it. You know, weren't able to get the equalizer. So a good effort by the Utah women's soccer team on the road. They'll finish up their road trip Sunday at Arizona State, who is 8-7-2, and 0-6-2 in the Pac-12. And that'll be in Tempe, a 2 p.m. start for that game on Sunday, the 31st. Hoping for some scary results for the Sun Devils from our Utah women's soccer team. Also, women's basketball has a exhibition game today at home in the John M. Huntsman Center. It is a exhibition game against the Westminster Griffins. It'll be a good chance to get out and see the Utes women's basketball team. Senior point guard Drew Guyton was named to the Nancy Lieberman Award watch list. She's one of 20 point guards named to the watch list. Third straight season she's been named to it. Uh, it should be an exciting uh, season for, for them. Excited to watch Brenna Maxwell and Kemri Martin. And you have to believe that Lynn Roberts is going to have her team ready to play. That's going to do it for me and for the podcast this week. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting, for following us on your favorite platform. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Locked on Utes, following me at Brown Bear SLC, and following Jake at Jacob C. Hatch. We love you. We like you. We appreciate you. Hope you all enjoy the weekend. Good luck to the Utes, and good luck to all of us. Halloween gets crazy. Hope those of you with kids can uh, endure to the end and, and even afterwards. Thank you again, as always. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for October 29th, 2021. And we will talk to you next week.